What's up, everyone? This is B Codes, and welcome to Kicking It with B Codes, episode number three. First off, I'd like to thank everyone who showed their support of the last episode with Justin Udu. Thanks for uh, sharing a promo video. Thanks to everybody who sent their positive and negative feedback through an inbox, text message, and whatever. And um, for anyone or everyone that is listening for the first time, welcome. Um, whenever you get a chance, go back and check out episode one and number two. It's great content. Let's get into episode three. For those who don't know, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I graduated from Woodland Hills High School. After high school, I moved down to Hampton, Virginia, and um, got a chance to like really experience the atmosphere and the HB, HBCU culture. When I used to come back to Pittsburgh, I used to always always tell people, you know, something you got to experience. Or, or I used to tell uh, parents or people I knew whose kids were looking for colleges, I used to always um, tell them, you know, look into HBCUs. Um, my wife graduated from where from Hampton. I got a lot of friends that graduated from places like Hampton, Norfolk State, Howard, Morgan State, North Carolina, A&T. Um, and I got, uh, for this episode, I got about four or five, I think it's five, five people. They all from Pittsburgh. I got them to come on and pretty much we're going to have a lot of dialogue and, and them sharing their experiences of being from Pittsburgh and, and leaving and coming to HBCU. All right, not going to hold you any longer. Let's get to it. All right, I want to welcome everybody to the show. We got Dom, Annie, Val, Martel, and Michelle. How y'all doing? Hey. How you doing? Good, good. All right, um, just first for introductions, I just said your name. Um, you can say it again and say where, what, what area of Pittsburgh you're from and what HBCU you attended. I mean, anybody can start. <laughs> I'm Annie. I uh, grew up in Braddock, and I guess technically I'm kind of still there. And I went to Hampton um, for my undergrad. Okay. Um, I'm Michelle. I grew up in Rankin. I live in Edgewood now because I'm like fake easy and stuff. But, um, <laughs> 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 but um, I went to Virginia State for two years, and then I had to transfer to IDP, so I'm here for those professors. My name is Dominic J. I went to Florida A&M University. I'm from the east side of Pittsburgh. I, I grew up in Wilkinsburg and went to Clemson area, and I currently live in like the Belmont Gardens area. I'm Valen, or Val. I grew up on the north side, and I went to Tennessee State University, and I'm still here. Not at Tennessee State University, still in Nashville. <laughs> um, my name is Martell. I grew up in Homewood, and um, I went to Howard University, and I live in Pennsylvania. All right. Let's let's take it back just a little bit. Um. Like I said, me, I know Michelle, me and Michelle, shoot, we knew each other since probably before preschool. Uh, I know you went to Woody High, but 
y'all other four, y'all went. I noticed that all y'all went to either private school or or um or Catholic school. How was your experience growing up? I guess being where you're from, having friends from public school, then having or being a minority and having to go to private school. Oh, mm. yeah. I guess I'll start. It was definitely an adjustment. Um, initially, I hated it because uh, I, I had no intentions on leaving my friends. And then when I found out I had to wear a uniform, that just um, that almost took me out of here. Um, but I will say when I got to high school, uh, I went to Shady Side. It was a little bit different only because I lived on campus. So I wasn't coming home every day. So, um, but it would look kind of crazy because I had to come home on the weekend. So I'd be walking down the street off the bus with my big ass, my, almost cuss, with my big <laughs> luggage coming down the street, you know, knocking kids off the sidewalk and stuff. So, I mean, it, it was an adjustment. I was never one of those kids that had sleepovers over my house because I didn't want the white girls to know where I live. Um, I didn't want them to, to talk about, you know, my community, neighborhood, none of that. So... It was definitely, I felt like I had to kind of not play two different roles, but almost just kind of get in where I fit in, depending on the circumstances. So it, it was an adjustment. Yeah. Uh, I, I would definitely uh, piggyback off of Andy Simmons. Um, I started going to private school after fifth grade. Uh, so up until fifth grade, I was in public school. And that transition was very difficult, not necessarily from an educational standpoint, but from a cultural and societal standpoint, just because of the fact that I, that was the first time where I would go to school and when I would come home, like I would be teased for talking like I was white. So that was something that I wasn't used to. I was like, this is crazy. Like, how am I, you know, I, I go one place and, you know, I'm talking in a certain way and it's, and it's just the norm. And then I come home and I play with my friends and they're like, why do you talk white? Like, you know, so that was like a, a very big adjustment for me. And, and and the same thing she said, I also didn't necessarily care to wear a uniform. And I also didn't want to go to a school that was away from my friends that I, you know, grew up with. Any of y'all care to share? Yeah, well, um, okay, <laughs> um, I went to Catholic schools like from kindergarten to eighth grade through high school, so I was kind of used to the private school, Catholic school uniform thing. But, um, just like walking through Homewood with uniforms on, it was it was definitely like a haze for real, for real. Like, people that you knew, things you didn't know. You know, and they had jokes like, oh, these dudes just coming from church, or this and that. Like, you would hear that all the time. Um, so after a while, you know, I mean, you would brush it off. But then, um, like, similar with what Dom said, just kind of being the two different cultures, like, you almost kind of feel like you're stuck in the middle where you're at school and you might say something a certain way how we say it because we're from Pittsburgh. And, you know what I mean? They don't say it like that in North Hills. So it's kind of like, I'm getting that. But then I come back, you know, staying at home on a Saturday, and it's like, oh, why are you talking like that? So it's just kind of like me just in the middle for real, for real, for that kind of experience. So it was, it was, I don't know, it was a struggle sometimes. I'll put it like. Val? Um, for me, I went to Catholic school for 
kindergarten, eighth grade also. And then I went to Shadyside. Um, so the biggest adjustment for me was that all the people surrounding me had a lot more money than probably okay. both my put together. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> My mom drives a Sentra, and this little girl is crying because on her 16th birthday, she got a blue Lexus instead of a black one. So it was wow. like that that I had to get used to, um, and that was kind of tough. So. All right, from from your experience of going to private schools, you know, uh, how much, like from your experience, how much did private school prepare you to go to the next level? Was it an easy transition, easier transition? Or you wouldn't know it was an easier transition, but did you transition well to college? I, I, I did. Yeah, I definitely feel like uh, coming out of Shady Side, I guess I could probably speak for Val. So I felt like high school was a lot more harder than college as far as like the academics are concerned. Like I honestly feel like Hampton, I wouldn't say it was a breeze, but it definitely wasn't as hard as I expected it to be. I had a, a harder time in high school. Yeah, academically, it was fine. Like, I graduated with honors, so like, it was whatever. But socially, it's a little different. But academically, it was fine because most of the stuff I was doing, I had already done. Like, I put, like, I probably turned in maybe four or five high school papers college like senior year we had to write like 20 plus page papers and all of that so by the time we got to college it was like we had a five page paper assignment it was like i was doing that the night before so it, it was definitely a a benefit to going to uh, a private school um and then going to college what about y'all boys at central uh i i can say the same thing um Especially because college, you know, you're not going to school for six, seven, eight hours a day, right? Straight, mm -hmm. you know, so you have classes, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Tuesday, Thursday classes. So, you know, you might have in the beginning those long block classes where you're in class for like two and a half hours, but ultimately it's like split up. And, you know, to me, I felt like in Central, we were basically doing the same level of, of work throughout the entire day. We had, you know, eight different classes, but we had to do the same amount of work. So from from that standpoint, I almost had like too much free time on my hands, which became a bit of a nuisance for me. But um, you know, I guess I could talk about that at a later time. Yeah. All right, being from Pittsburgh, um how were y'all first introduced to HBCUs? Was it a family member alone, black college tour or program or organization? Shell, you wanna go first? Well, um, for me, it was Upper Bound, um, and to be honest with you, I didn't even want to do Upper Bound. My mom made me do the program, but um, just sitting in the program, it exposed us to a lot of different things because we stayed on college tours um, and stayed at out of state. So we went to, you know, a lot of different places, um, and then being in a program where we stayed on campus, so that helped prepare us, and then, um, you know, it exposed us to, you know, the black colleges, um, predominantly white colleges, and I just knew, like, from jump that I didn't want to go to, like, a regular school. I wanted to go to a black school. So, um, you know, talking to, like, the counselors and the program and just kind of listening to some of their experiences, 
with the different schools and, um, you know, just going on a different college tour, that kind of, you know, helped shape what I wanted to do. So um, that was pretty much like it. And, you know, like the high school counselor, you know, what he had, ain't help nothing. So <laughs> Upper Bound was a big help for me, helping to decide on what I wanted to do. Anybody else? Yeah. Good old black college tour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think I kind of already knew I wanted to go to a black college, but the black college tour kind of pinpointed which one because I was determined to get to Hampton for whatever reason. But um, yeah, black college tour. For me, me? Um, my uncle went to Howard University in the uh, 70s. So, you know, I mean, he was the first of our family to go to school. So it was just kind of like Howard was always brought up, you know, I mean, every holiday. Um, and then there was one dude on my block growing up um, that went to Tuskegee. And when he left for school, it was like, it was just kind of one of those things. He came off the house and saw him off. and. I didn't know anything about Tuskegee, but I knew it was a black school. So, you know what I mean? At a young age, I was kind of exposed to, to black colleges. And then I also went on a black college tour, on the uh, Omega South Bad black college tour. Um, and we didn't even go to Howard, but I knew I wanted to go to a black college after the college tour. Like, my mind was made up. Um, so I definitely had a lot of different colleges to expose me before I made that decision. Well, I mean, um, from from my from my experience, I um, I had an uncle in the same sense that was you know, he he basically graduated from Bam at twenty years before I graduated from high school. Um, so you know, through my my mom or what have you know, and, uh, you know, through family and whatnot, you know, he lives in Atlanta, so he was still kind of distant. But he would, you know, kind of talk, you know, here and there at family reunions and stuff like that and say, like, how he, you know, he had, had a ball, had fun, you know, you know, he had a good job, you know, his wife went to fam, you know, they had a nice crib in Stone Mountain. So I'm like, it had to be good for him. So, you know, let me see what it can do for me. And, I, you know, I like, I actually hate the cold. I like warm weather. So I like Florida. So it was kind of like a match of why not? I want to go to a black school. Fam's there. My cousin went there, even, you know, if, I, if anything goes down, I could, you know, always reach back to him. He's not too far away in Atlanta. And, um, you know, I was kind of set, you know, as far as where I was going to go. What about you, Val? Oh, I went on the Black College tour. Me and Andy went on the same Black College mm-hmm. tour together. Made a sci-fi college tour. So, um, I just kind of made a decision from there. I wanted to go to Howard. I didn't get my acceptance letter from them, so I was waiting for TSC as well. It was with me. I had I had a cousin. How old was she? I want to say she probably ten years older than me. But like when we was kids, we used to like she played high school basketball. She went to Norfolk State, but when, like like I said, when we was kids, she used to always bring back these CIAA posters, and she used to uh, she used to bring them back for me and my cousin Pop. I used to always have them up on my wall. I just knew like. I don't know what it was about Virginia. It's either as it's always just wanted to go to Norfolk State, like ever since she would just bring home them posters. Um Yeah, that was that was it for me, like far as her. Then I think my other cousin 
I had another cousin that went, she went to Fayetteville State, so but that's me, that's her sister. One went to Norfolk State, one other went to Fayetteville State. So that was my my first introduction to to them. Uh when was it when y'all I know some one person said it, but when was it when everyone decided, you know what, I wanted to go to I want to go to HBCU or or did y'all or did y'all both apply to PWIs and HBCUs or just all HBCUs? I applied to both. But majority were um, HBCUs. So I think I applied to like, um, I applied to like Slippery Rock and Edinburgh, and I think I applied to Pitt, but I didn't get in there. The not even happy. And then the rest of the schools were done. Yeah, I applied. Um, was kind of I wouldn't say it was a waste of time because at that point I already knew in my mind that I was going to Hampton, so.
Yeah, say y'all, y'all knew y'all wanted to go to HBCU. What was it that made you pick, like, for instance, like, what made you say, you know what, I want to go to Hampton, or I want to go to Howard, I want to go to Virginia State, or FAMU, or Tennessee State. What made you, like, what was your determining factor that that's where you was going? I, um, there was there was a point where I was at Howard, and I made my decision. Um, since I didn't go to Howard on that college where I was on, um, my mother and I took like a DMV college tour and went to, to Morgan, Bowie, and Howard, and all that kind of stuff. Like missed like a, a couple of days of school, and um, the day we went to Howard was like the open house day, and you know it was all the potential and coming freshmen there, um, and Blackburn, and the band came in and the band started playing and it just like it touched my heart for real, <laughs> and I just looked at my mom like I'm going here. And that was just kind of it. Like, as soon as I felt that and, and heard the band and everything, I was like, yeah, I'm home. And that was that was the moment where I made that decision. See, I was kind of the same. But I just like the campus. I, like, I like smaller environments. Because I'm, I'm more of an introvert. I like more intimate, you know, and I thought that people were like. <laughs> For me, um... I got suckered in, and the reason why I say I got suckered in is because on that good old black college tour, that's where they have all, like, everybody's out, the fraternities and sororities are out, you know, everybody, it was booming on campus, and the reason why I say I got suckered in is because when I actually got there, my naive self, I was like, well, where'd everybody go? Like, why is it not like this every day? Um but, like, honestly, when I got to the campus, you know, seeing everybody out and then that whole view of the water thing, I think really that's what kind of sold me. It was like, what am I about to get myself into? Yeah, but, um, a nice campus. yeah, I, the, I definitely feel like that atmosphere, you know, being there during the Black College Tour is what, what pulled me in. Dom Ravel? didn't go on that college tour. I didn't go on the black college tour. I didn't go. I know. I didn't go on that one. No, but I, didn't, like I, I didn't go either. Val, so. they didn't yeah. make an exception for us to go because we didn't go to like the typical schools, I guess, that they looked to. We were the only ones in private school on our trip. Yeah. That's because they were my uncle. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wanted to go. I just I don't even know why I didn't, but I don't know. Val, why'd you want to go to Tennessee State? Um, the same reason Eddie wanted to go to Hampton. Um, it was like three weeks, and the Sigmas were out in the yard, and they were doing all types of stuff going on and all that. So it was really between there and South Carolina State. And I'm very glad you're not picking up here on the But then I got there, and I just ended up having a good time. I really liked it. So that's how I ended up getting there. Don, you still there? For me, yeah, I'm still there. <laughs> but uh, for me, I didn't I didn't go on the Black College tour because my mother found out about the information, like, right when it was too late because, yeah. I guess write an essay and all this other stuff. And, so and I didn't have it together. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't I didn't have the time to get all that stuff together. I wanted to go on a black college tour just so I could see some other schools. But um I basically went off the strength of 
my love for Florida and my uncle, you know. So it was like I blindly went to Penn just because I was like, I just felt like that's what I was supposed to be. And, you know, once I got accepted, I was like, all right, well, that's what God wants me to be. So that's where we be. Just, you know, some schools are different and held to a higher standard when it comes to certain things, even the smallest things. Like, shoot, I remember back in the day when Hampton, I don't know if it's probably still like that. Hampton ain't. They didn't allow you to wear cornrows or, or, or do rags on campus. Uh, how, how was it at FAMU or Tennessee State? Did they help, hold y'all like to a higher standard or was it pretty much lax on campus? Or It was pretty much relaxed on campus. I mean, all the girls did stuff you know, every day of the week. Heels <laughs> <laughs> and skirts and whatever, but... Um, they didn't start getting sick until you, it would just depend on what school you were, what school you're in. So if you were like in the school of business, then eventually you would always have to be dressed like in a suit all the time. Or if you're an engineer, it's, it all depends. But other than that, they didn't care. Yeah, at FAM, uh, like I said, it depended on your school. Uh, I was in the school of business and industry, so that was probably one of the top tier schools that we had. Like us in pharmacy were probably the most uh, disciplined in reference to rules and things like that. And we had um, like regular forms where we had to go and actually go into forms with like CEOs of companies and they would force us to ask questions and everybody had to wear on like conservative suits. Like you could only wear like a, like a dark gray or blue suit. Like that was it. And the tie had to be like blue like your shirt had to be blue, like everything was specifically like matted out to the point where you were almost like in uniform. So and coming from Central, it was like we were wearing ties every day anyway. So it was like I got put on a jacket. So that's about really the difference. Um, I mean, it did kind of hurt when it was like 90 degrees outside and humid. You had to be on like, you know, a full two-piece suit. Um, but yeah, they, they were a little more strict on us because we were interacting with like people that, you know, companies that were coming in regularly to recruit us. So they always made us be like, you know, if we came to the school, we had to be dressed like business casual for the most part. Um, other, you know, and also I was in like a five-year MBA program. So that program was definitely very stringent compared to like the four-year undergrad program where they kind of just were like, you just got to go to class, and, you know, do what you do. When you talk to some of your friends or just people in general, you know, that went to predominantly white institutions, what are some of the biggest misconceptions they have when it comes to HBCUs that, like, you may have to school them on? Um, some people think that they're good, like you said earlier, that some people really think that. Um, and some people might say that they don't, like, represent the real world because it's, you know, majority black. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if that that's not real. Because <laughs> you do see people of all ethnicities on campus. Mm -hmm. It's not just all black people, you know. Um, you know. I don't, I don't know. People think all kind of different things about um, black schools, that the education isn't up to par, that um, the degree won't be worth it. Um, you know, all kind of different things like that. I don't know. I don't know. Those are some of the things that I've heard people say. I've never actually had anyone come to me and say anything. Like, 
negative about HBCUs. Um, but I guess like Shell said, a lot of what I hear people say is that, you know, it's not, not the real world, uh, um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. In fact, I've had a lot of, of friends who didn't go to HBCUs kind of regret not going. Um, so I got to downplay HBCUs. Number one, because they probably know better. And then number two, um, it, I think that the the rumors or whatever, the misconceptions are just flat out untrue. You can do your Googles and find out how much of it is untrue. So, um, yeah. I know I had a couple of things that I, I, I heard. Um, basically, that one was they would always lose your money. And that you, you know, if you got scholarships, you wouldn't get your scholarship money and things like that or what have you. And to some degree, you might get your money late, but you, you ultimately will get your money if you're supposed to get it. And, um, the biggest thing, I guess, aside from that is lack of diversity. Um, people always think like, oh, well, you went to HBCU. So because of that, there is no diversity. It's just all black people and that's it. And people, you know, really have this misconception that, like, you know, we're like, a, you know, a general people. Like, there's not diversity. Like, I saw as much diversity at my school with, you know, there's backpackers, there's golf people, there's, you know, all, like, any type of person you could remotely think of, they were on my campus. And they were, you know, people were in anime, people were into, like, all types of cultures from, you know, from different, different, uh, countries and things like that so i mean it was it was the most diverse that i could think of any place that i've been um it just so happens that majority of the people were black or of you know african descent um so uh, that that's the main thing that i've heard i know for me like every time i told you i went to howard the first thing they said was like isn't that in atlanta and i kind of got tired of people thinking that Howard was in Atlanta. Like I never knew that that many people existed that thought that Howard was in Atlanta. When I got that point, I got much. Like, and also people thought I don't know. I guess because you just hear about parties and all of that at Howard, so it was always questions about that. Like, does Uli stomp the yard every day, or is there like a party every day of the week, or it's, it was just like, do you go to school? Like, do you have classes? It was just like. Yes, I have classes. I have a lot of classes. Like, and it doesn't like stomp the yard every day, and it's not in Atlanta, it's in DC. So, like a lot of that misconceptions that I've played with were kind of like, I guess you could say, like shallow or like surface, because it was all about the whole like party culture aspect of college. Like that's a lot of misconceptions that I kind of faced. I just, I just had to ask you that question because. To me, there's a lot of shallow, shallow things that people say just out of just out of ignorance or not knowing or not wanting to do the do the uh, research, and, and it'd be black people too. Yeah. Uh, Shell. So, what was your experience like? You know, you say you spent your first two years of of college at Virginia State, then having to go back home to IUP. Well, what was your experience? What was that experience like? different um very different <laughs> um first of all I, I really didn't want to go to IUP 
um, I mean, you already know the situation of why I had to come home and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I only went to IUP because, um, you know, it was close enough to home to where if I needed to be at home, I could. And plus, I knew people there already. But, um, like, it was just not as, like I said, I like to intimate, like, smaller campus. And it was just huge. And I didn't really... When I was in Virginia, I made it a point to try to get to know people. Um, people were more friendly. And, you know, coming from here, people are nice. Like, you walk down the street, people are not going to say, like, hey, how you doing today? You know, when I was down there, it was like, how you doing? You know, just random people. I had to come back and get readjusted to the whole, like, name mug. And, that was you know, that was a serious adjustment for me. Like, far as when I first moved down here, yeah. I walk into a corner store, people greeting yeah. you, like, what's up, trying to give you five, like, Man, I ain't giving you five, and I ain't yeah. saying what's up to. You. I guess it's just the Pittsburgh in us. I'm like, man, I ain't messing. I ain't messing with you. I mean, but everybody just, I mean, happy yeah. jolly. I mean, not happy jolly, but everybody greets you. It's, it's, it's like a real for real hospitality thing. And now, and I find myself right. going after people. Like if I see somebody, I give them a head right. nod, but they, it's like they, they, especially in Pittsburgh, just everybody keep it moving. Like damn, this this culture right. then uh, sunk in me. Hey, she hung up. Uh, oh, there you go. Uh, hello, uh, my bad. But I had to, um, you know, when I was down there, I kind of got used to that. It was, you know, it was cool. Then I had to come up here and just readjust to that. And then, like, you know, just adjusting again to majority of people that don't look like us. You know, you got a handful of people that look like us. And then um, it wasn't really much for us, aside from like a little bit of Black Student Union that would have stuff every once in a while to just, you know, um, it, it was it was just different. I didn't, I'm not going to say I didn't like it because I did have some really good times, but I didn't really make it a point to um, really get involved in stuff until probably my senior year, I think. And then just coming from, you know, it's just kind of going back to the whole like, um, the degree and credits and all that stuff. A lot of my credits didn't transfer over, so I had to do a whole year, a whole extra year. So, in all, I did at school. Um, I don't know. It was just very different. <laughs> like I, I wish I could have stayed where I was, but you know the situation. So I had to do what I had to do. Um, class size was a bigger. Um. You know, they made me pick up a minor and all that stuff. It was, I just, I, it was just a lot different. So the culture shock, just getting readjusted to all that stuff, all over again. It was, it was. But right. like I said, I chose that because pretty much like when you have thirteenth grade, everybody from Woodland Hills is there. But I knew thirteenth <laughs> grade. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like I knew people. But, you know, I kind of stuck to who I knew, and I really didn't make it a point to really try to get to know people until probably my second year there. Whereas when I was down in Virginia, um, I was out. You know, I was trying to get involved and stuff, or just even sitting outside, just talking to people, you know. So, it was different. It was really different. All right, question to all y'all. Well, there's three of y'all that that graduated from other schools. Annie... Uh, Martel and Dawn, you know, you know, a lot of people, so many people, I know so many, like once they got out of Pittsburgh, 
they got whether it's college, job, or whatever. Um, once they got a taste of other areas with the black culture and things like that, a lot of people don't come back. What what made y'all decide to come back to Pittsburgh after experiencing experiencing other areas? I'm I'm not gonna go first on this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just see Andy shaking her head, <laughs> but um. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go first. Um, for me, it was uh, it wasn't really a choice that I wanted to make. To be honest with you, um, it really was a recession. Um, I was I ended up you know graduating as a finance major who was interested in commercial real estate. And if you know anything about the recession, those are the two worst industries that were hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nobody was really hiring. Uh, in the areas that I wanted to go into. And, you know, I had like one job offer to be like a bank manager somewhere in Florida. And I was like, I'm not trying to do regular retail banking. So, you know, I was like, well, that's not what I'm going to do. And um, so I ended up just moving back home with my family and, you know, networking in the the network I had in Pittsburgh until I was able to find a job. And, you know, I did that for like, basically the whole summer before I first started working and, you know, just hit the ground running from there. Uh, so that was really my reasoning to, to come back to Pittsburgh. I ultimately ended up staying because uh, I felt there was a need uh, for what I had learned in Pittsburgh that, or in at FAM that would be beneficial for people in Pittsburgh to, to know. And um, that, that's kind of why I'm still here, even though I'm still not necessarily set on, you know, uh, putting down my roots permanently in Pittsburgh. Um, for me, I think it was like a triple down continent of of the uh, recession. Also, um, I graduated with a, a major in hospitality management, so the hospitality industry kind of took a hit. The years, like the following years, kind of after the recession as well, because my plan was to go out to Vegas um, and work at the Bellagio. That was kind of like my thing that I was going to do, just like move straight to Vegas and and, and make it happen. But uh, the market wasn't really it wasn't really the way it should have been when I came out. Um, and also, my family uh, actually started a nonprofit organization in Pittsburgh um, in the in the early '90s. So there was that whole thing where they wanted me to come back. You know what I mean? Like the the son with the business degree comes back to the family business type thing. So. Every time I came home, every holiday, the summers I came home, like they were just planting that seed, like we should think about coming back, we need you here, this and that. Um, so the universe was interesting ways and I ended up back here. And it was probably for the best. Um, I don't, I'm not going to be here forever, but I think it was probably really the best thing for me to come back home after very few. Okay, guess my turn. Um, I actually went back home because I had an internship lined up Um, and I'm not, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm not really sure why I had a desire to go back home. But for me, it was always in my mind that I was going back to Pittsburgh. And the reason why I was shaking my head so hard is because I've been trying to get out of here since I got back. Like, (laughs) I have had it. But you know, sure. things just line up the way they line up, I guess. Um, if I could do it again, I definitely would not have come back home. Um, I would have definitely made a 
stronger effort, especially because when I left, like, I was in a relationship and everything, and I just decided, well, I'm just going to go back home anyway. Like, forget all of this. I'm leaving. Um, but it was almost like immediately, I'll say even six months, because I got hired full-time after my uh, internship. But then maybe three months after that, um, the company downsized. So I was one of the first ones to get laid off. And it was like, I came back home for this nonsense. So ever since then, it's been like trying me trying to navigate my way back out of Pittsburgh. It just hasn't really worked out in my favor yet because I'm I'm still I'm still praying and fasting on the well, not fasting, but I'm still praying on that one. because uh, it has to happen. Val, so, what, yeah. Val, what made you stay in Tennessee? I said I was never coming home and I meant it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people like that. Uh my my wife was one of them. I mean, she, it didn't matter where she like I said, she ended up going to Hampton, but she was going to either go to Howard or Clark or wherever that she wanted to go and she was. She always had a plan of leaving and, and never coming back. And uh, I mean, like I said, there's yeah. a lot of people like that. I mean, and there's a lot of people who go back. And uh, I'm starting to see. I don't know to do personally, but I, uh, it be coming across my feed. The young black Pittsburgh thing. I'm starting to see a lot of people, you know, linking up and networking and trying to uh, trying to get some things together. For, you know, for the city, for us, you know, I guess just showing that there's there's professionals there doing their thing which which i like i like to see it's, it's a good look um y'all y'all know y'all know homeboy the dude yeah, that's doing yeah, actually I, heard that, uh, that movement. okay that's what's up man um like i said i don't i don't know anybody personally but I, i've been seeing it come across my feed and uh that's what's up I, I, I like it's a good look. Okay, that's what's up, man. Um, like I said, I don't I don't know anybody personally, but I, I've been seeing it come across my feed, and uh, that's what's up. I, I, I like it's a good look. Uh, let's see. Do y'all know is Shell is the is the upward bound thing still going on? That's that's dead. Nope. I said, do y'all know no, any? That, that was over. What did you say? No, so I was about to say, ask y'all just a question in general. Do y'all know any programs that's up there that still like do black college tours or anything like that, or know anybody that that advocates for them or shows people or the youngins that or parents that maybe this is maybe a lane for your kids if they want to take it. No. Yeah. I think they still do the black college tour, don't they? Yeah, the Q still do their black power store. Yeah, Omega Sapphire still does it. There's a power store to the need. Yeah, but there's no more upper bound. That was that's been over for like five years now. And there's a, uh, I think through you places, there's a HBCU college fair that they've done for the past like two or three years. Um, where they have represented on HBCUs and also like schools in the state as well. Um, I can't remember other organizations, but the U Places is one of the uh, people that put it on. Because they actually recruited their year before last. Uh, just a general question. 
can y'all name the the biggest or the most important thing y'all y'all took away from your college experience? Just just in a nutshell. I don't have to be too long. Network. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, I wish I'd have did a little bit more of that. Um, because I probably wouldn't be here now. Because I'm with Annie, I don't want to be here anymore either. But you know, circumstances and stuff mm-hmm. happens. But um, if I'd have kept in touch with a lot of people that I met in Virginia, um, yeah, I probably still wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Network. Y'all kill me. Stay in touch with me. Y'all, y'all can go if y'all want. It's just you just you don't want to fly. You don't want to. You don't want. You don't want to spread your wings. Nah, Booter. Nah. It's it's a lot more than just it's spreading. It's, it's much, well, my situation is much deeper than what people say, but you know, it's a lot deeper. Annie, yeah. spread your wings, Annie. Yeah, I'm working on that. But I, I would have to piggyback with what Shell just said. Uh, networking for sure. I had somebody um, graduated in the class after me. Um, he posted something on Instagram recently. It just said, like, if you graduated from Hampton and you're not doing what you love, you didn't make the right connections or something along those lines. And I was like, oh, damn, he's right. And, I, and for me, like, I was pretty much... I wouldn't say I was a loner, but I definitely didn't put myself out as much as I probably should or could have. Um, And to be honest, that's probably also part of the reason why I came back. Um, But I just think that uh, networking is important, even reaching all the way back to high school, like going to Shadyside Academy, we were connected with the craziest of people. Like we had, uh, I knew some Hillmans. I knew uh, Art Rooney's granddaughter graduated with us. You know what I mean? So it was like, for me, it's always been an issue of networking. I've always been more on the introverted side. And so for me, being able to step out of my shell, I'm still working on that. Being able to step out of my shell and say, hey, you know, even just basic conversation with people sometimes makes me uncomfortable. So... Um, <laughs> But again, that networking piece of it is just extremely important, especially coming from an HBCU because we're such a tight-knit community. No matter where you went to school, if somebody hears you went to an HBCU and they can connect with you on that level, there's an instant, you know, that instant bond, that instant desire to connect. Um, So I would definitely play that up a lot more if I could, you know, go back in the chamber. But yeah. Anyone else? Uh, um, I would say, I guess it's, it's along the same lines of what everyone else has said, but I would use the word exposure um, because for me, the, the first thing that I realized that I, I was exposed to going to an HBCU that I didn't get exposed to it living in Pittsburgh was a black middle class. And, you know, fortunate for me being in, you know, the business school, they literally forced us to network because I was an intro, introvert as well. 
you know, I kind of kept to myself, you know, people would flock to me, but that was about it. You flocked to me, I was cool with you, but I wasn't seeking anybody out. But they forced you literally to go to receptions, network, talk to people, you know, people that are important, people that can give you jobs. So they kind of put, they ingrained this, this way into you to make sure that, you know, you kind of paved your way and you, and you utilize whatever resource around you to be able to get what you needed to get and go to where you, you needed to go. And, um, but I didn't really understand that people outside of Pittsburgh that were black actually had, you know, the amount of wealth that they had, because I was going to school with, with people from all over the country that were, you know, they're like third, fourth generation. Like, oh, my granddaddy, my great granddaddy went to fam. Like, and I'm like, this is really all new to me. Like I, 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 I have, you know, uh, stories that I've been told, but I really wasn't exposed to anything, whether it was the fraternities and sororities, was it the band, none of that stuff. I really didn't know all, all that was entailed about it. And, you know, when I was exposed to it and I could see like these people were like, you know, my, my, one of my best friends is, you know, his dad went to Howard. He's from DC, but he went to fam and like visiting his family and, and building those relationships. You know, that made me have like a, a bunch of families all over the country. Like I have friends that live in Hong Kong that I could go to Hong Kong and be like, yo, I'm coming through. And all they go, like, just, you got your plane ticket. I got you. So it's like, I'm in this like giant family that's all over and I can just travel. And I have traveled a lot of different places. And, you know, I barely get hotels because there's usually somebody in my, my alumni network that's like, you know, that know me, that were cool and they look out for me, you know. And, you know, so I'm, I'm definitely blessed to, to be able to have that network. But, you know, it, it really changed my thinking and it, and it enhanced my, my goals of life, you know, as a black man, as a black person and what I could do as, a, you know, as an individual after I graduated because people you know, were in high places from the HBCU that I went to. Martin? Um, I would definitely second, third, fourth, everybody's, you know, make connections and networking. I still got business cards from like 2006 that I just come across. So um, the networking piece is definitely important. But um, I was sitting here like really in thought about trying to kind of like summarize what I learned. Um, but one thing I'll say at Howard is like they teach you the history um, about, you know, the people that have come through that university and what they've gone on to do and, and change. And they put that in your mind, like you're next, you can do that. You know what I mean? Like you made it through. So it's almost like breeding, they bred you to make change, to make impact. So me leaving was just kind of one of those things where it's like, no matter what field you're in, you're going to change something. And it wasn't like you could change something, it's you will change something. Um, so I left kind of with that mind state and that mindset that I'm out here able to make things happen and, and do things and it's it's in me. So that's kind of you know my, my thinking for the past couple of years. Um, and I kind of carried that with me it is, you know, Whatever I step into, I'm making changes, or because that's that's kind of what I've come from. Um, so I think that's probably like the yeah, most important lesson that I got. To piggyback off like what you were saying about the, the culture and stuff, that's that's why I, I don't know. I just I just love I love the like the colleges so much, like because there's so much history that like coming from Pittsburgh, we never get to learn about, or so much culture that we never get to experience, and 
like, with just being in Pittsburgh or just the state of Pennsylvania. So, like, I could just, I don't know. I, I go on about it a lot. Question. What's one thing or selling point that if you were talking to, like, high school students or parents of high school students that you, uh, or, you know, that's getting ready to go to college, what's one thing that you would tell them or, or you know, one selling point that you would persuade them to, you know, you might, you might want to get them to experience this? I don't know that I would, I guess the selling point. I understand the selling point. That's just, just talking yeah. about like, just like the, the culture of it. Like you get to meet so many different people, um, literally from all over the world. And you can do that at any campus, but there's seriously something special about an HBCU. Um, I would put an HBCU up against any PWI any day. Um, and I just think that, like, for me, going to Hampton, initially, I hated it. But once I kind of found my own way, it was like, I'm glad I made this decision. It's just something that you literally just have to experience for yourself. Um, not that there's anything wrong with going to you know, a PWI or, you know, the, the Clarions and the IEPs or anything like that. But an HBCU is seriously something that you just have to experience for yourself because it's just so rich in our culture and our people are there making moves and coming from these great families and watching people, you know, grow into these wonderful human beings. It's just like, you can get that from somewhere else, but it's, it's, like I said, it's something real special about being at an HBCU, getting that from a black college. Anyone else? Okay. All right, Martellus. Damn. I mean, I, would, I could add a, a little bit. Um, I know I've been talking a lot. That's what we're here for, brother. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> as far as as far as what I would say, I feel that you know, in the same that people talk about like white privilege and and how you know there's you know certain things that you know as a white person you don't have to think about or you don't have to focus on and being white uh, in our society. I feel that you get black privilege in going to an HBCU. And the power of being surrounded by a diverse group of educated Black people from a, a variety of different places can give you confidence to go out into the world that you can't really replicate anywhere else. It'll be the only time you'll probably be in America and be of the majority. And you can be educated and you can still be, you know, down and doing what you're doing, you know, as far as, you know, having fun and listening to your music that you want to listen to and, and all that. Like, you get all the, the full circle of Black culture and history. So they, they educate you. They make you, you know, know where you come from. But they also embrace, you know, what you have to add a, as an individual to that culture and push it forward. Um, and, and you know, that's, that's something that's everlasting. And that's something that, you know, again, as I said, can't be... Um, you know, felt really from any other way but an HBCU. 
And you wasn't going to say nothing. You just preached the whole time. <laughs> preached the word. <laughs> Pass the collection plate. <laughs> Y'all choose. Oh, all right. Uh, all right. All right, Martel, you told me that you were producing a web series. Can you tell us a little bit about it or when and where it'll be dropping? Yeah, um, I'm directing um, the web series um, called LWB, or Living While Black. Um, even though I went to school for business, I've kind of gotten into, like, film. Um, and I've been writing for, for a little while now, but this is, like, my first time directing. Um, the writer of this is also a Howard alum. Um, and we've been cool. She's from Pittsburgh also, so we we kind of grew up together, um, and she's starring in this. Um, so we've shot out our promotional videos, and those should be dropping um, in another, like, two or three weeks. We'll start shooting season one um, late May, early June. It'll all be on YouTube, um, but I'll definitely connect with you all on Facebook. Um, what is it? When we drop the promo days, but... What is it about? I'm sorry? What is it about? Um... Well, basically, it's, it's about living while black. Um, so this season um, follows a character by the name of Nia, um, and basically just kind of just goes through what this black woman deals with in the workplace, uh, out and about, the clubs, the gym. Um, so every kind of episode is scenario-based. It's kind of loosely based off of our writer's life and things that she's experienced. Um, so we have, you know, issues about hair and about black names or about the physique of the black woman uh, so we kind of focus on real life things that you know black women deal with or experience um on this series and we semi-comedic so it's not like extremely serious but um there are some characters that provide comic relief and some of the dialogue um is comedic so it kind of gives you a mixture of both that's what's up man um so yeah that's that's pretty much it. Um, I'm excited for it, and there will be more to come. Um, so, yeah, Living Wild Black, um, LWB. Whenever, I guess, you get get ready to drop, just let me know. I'll do whatever I can to provide the link under a video or under anything I, I post. And uh, shoot, that's what's up. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, bro. Right, let me see if I can get back. To everybody, all right. Got the full screen back on everybody. Anything else anyone would like to say before we get up out of here? It's been a long, what? It's almost been, uh, it's been a cool hour. We've been doing this. I was going to share Howard University, but you know, I'll be nice today. <laughs> Please do, because I was about to say something on hand, but then I was like, I ain't going to do it. Uh, <laughs> I ain't going to do it. Oh, y'all ain't going to go to real HU? Y'all ain't going to do that? Um, <laughs> 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 well, like I said, I want to I I thank each and every one of y'all. Thanks for the dialogue. Um, like I said, this is just something I wanted to talk about, because like I, I talked to a lot of, like I said, people my age that's kids who are going to be going to college in the future. They always, even when they talk about sports, they, they think that HBCU sports aren't up to par. I'm like, they send people to the NFL or NBA and things like that, too. You just you just ain't got to go to, I mean, if, you, if you're not on that top, top level, if you're going to somewhere like IUP or things like that, HBCUs, 
is is just is probably up to par and better better competition in, in some some conferences depending on the conference. So I, I try to talk to them too about that and you know just just as far as the experience. Like I said, I keep saying how how empowering it is to me. It it really is. Uh, I don't know. That's about it. Um, shoot. What else can I say? I mean, it's a, it's been a good episode. I think um, I had a lot of good dialogue, and uh, like I told Udu from my episode two and Kalita from my episode one. Anytime y'all want to come on, y'all got open door to we can talk about whatever. As uh, long as everything's positive, you know, I, I like to keep it positive. So that's that's about it. This is this is good. I wanted to do it, but I had questions. I, that. I had questions. I think my kids tore up the questions. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I ain't, I ain't got it no more. But I, I had a whole bunch of questions, and I said we had we had two dudes, two two girls. Y'all don't know what battle sex was. I used to I used to do this podcast years ago. Like 2012, 2013. I just brought it back this year, but uh, we just had a segment called Face Off Battle of the Sex. It used to be two females versus two males, and it used to be trivia questions. And uh, Michelle and Andy used to dag on, uh, they used to whoop the whoop the dudes. It got so bad that I could never get no dudes to participate no more because the females was always winning. Yeah, so I want I want to bring it back, but every time I try to bring it back, I can't get no dudes to participate. It's like don't nobody want to be embarrassed. Me, me and Dom will do it. Me and Dom will do it. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna get back with y'all. Hopefully, shoot, if we could do some in in the next few weeks, like it's a, I want to do it, but I can't ever get any anybody to participate. Ever since. We had one dude come on here, and he embarrassed us. So everybody laughed at him. It's still funny. Five years later, we uh, I always post it as a throwback video. Um, what what did I ask? I said, "What's the currency? What's the currency in Mexico?" The currency in Mexico. And he said, "Dineros." <laughs> <laughs> instead of instead of pesos, and, and ever, ever since then. I can't get nobody else to come in because don't nobody don't nobody want to get embarrassed. Shut your dumbass up! Yeah, man, it was hilarious, man. Like I said, if I'm, I'm gonna show y'all the video, I'm gonna send y'all the video, man. I'm telling you, it was so funny because the week before. They had lost. They had lost bad. So they said, "Man, bring us back on the show, man. We got to redeem ourselves." And they got smashed again. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't call that one the narrow for for Mexican for any currency. Right? Yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's slang. You know, it's slang. You know, black people say, you know, the narrows. You know, yeah, yeah. Gotta get that the narrow. Yeah. They say pesos too. Like I mean, yeah. I hear pesos just as much. He, yeah, exactly. 50, 50. You, you, you. Listen to the last song. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was hilarious, man. But uh, I said thanks again. We're gonna get up out of here. Appreciate it. All the back. Thanks, brother. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah. Right. Nice to see you. Thank you.